Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Um, I'm kind of a church boy. Well, at least at least these days, the past 17 years, I've been a church boy. But there's nowhere I'd truly rather be than to be in God's house on a Sunday morning, worshiping him with you all. Amen. If you have your Bibles or if you have your, your phones, I want you to go to a particular scripture. And I felt led to share this with you this morning. I know that we're living in a day and age where uh, most people who come to church, they just come to hear this encouraging message and they rely on the pastor to give them scriptures. But I want to strongly encourage you, if you don't bring your Bible or your phone doesn't have an app with a downloaded Bible, I highly encourage you to get that either downloaded or carry this old-fashioned Bible like I do because just one sermon once a week is not sufficient enough for your spiritual growth. Uh, amen? The attacks that the enemy is launching these days, we need more than just a Sunday sermon. We need to read the Word of God for ourselves. And there's something about just flipping through the pages and reading the Scriptures yourselves. Amen? So I highly encourage you to do that and also take notes. Today is certainly not one of the probably the top three difficult, uh, as far as difficult sermons to preach. Um, and you'll understand why in just a moment. But um, go to James with me, um, chapter 3, verse 2 through 12. James, chapter 3, verse 2 through 12. And when you're there, I'll wait. You just say amen. Okay, I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. And it says this, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, meaning with his tongue, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Everybody say ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a, wor a world of iniquity, a tongue, and the tongue is set also among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. See what I'm talking about? Verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father. With it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. I hope I pronounced that right. Verse 10 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, these things ought not be so. Look at your other neighbor, make them uncomfortable, look them right in the eyes and say, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or can a grapevine bear figs? Thus, 
no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. I love how this portion of scripture describes the tongue as a rudder. When I think of what actually makes a sailboat move, um, it's actually the wind. And I love boating, I love being outdoors. As a matter of fact, my, my friend Sean and I, we go out on the boat all the time. And um, we don't drive a sailboat, but nonetheless, I love boating. And so when it's describing the tongue and giving a correlation between the tongue and the boat, I, I understand. My wife and I were in Mexico a few years back and we took a sailboat out into the middle of the ocean to go snorkeling and it was beautiful. But I quickly noticed that it didn't matter which way the wind was pushing us, the rudder determined the end destination, not the wind. And that's the same thing with our lives. And many times we think our situations dictate our end destination when we don't realize that it doesn't matter where the wind is coming from. It doesn't matter if you're struggling in your marriage or your finances. It doesn't, it doesn't dictate where you're going. Your tongue or your rudder, which is ultimately your life's rudder is your tongue. That determines ultimately where you end up. Amen? And it may be one of the smallest members like on this boat, but, it, but, it, but it's one of the biggest factors on determining where you end up in life. I see a lot of people, um, how many have heard people just confess about their sickness over and over? And every time you see that name pop up on caller ID, they wanna tell you about their 20 aches in their body or they wanna tell you about all of their problems, amen? There's been a common denominator that I've seen with people's uh, lives and the problems that they incur is that they talk about them so much. And you'd be surprised why our lives are the way that they are. And I, I wanna suggest to you that today that much of the reason is because the way that we use our tongue. And whether you know it or not, you, you can actually add fuel to the flames in your life with your tongue. There's marriages that are broken as a result of the tongue. There's job losses that end up taking place because of your tongue. Amen? When I think about these great miracles of the Bible um, and people who use their tongue maybe in not so great of a way, I can't help but think about the miracle that happened and took place with the children of Israel. How many know who the children of Israel were? God anoints Moses calls him from the backside of the desert, anoints him to be the deliverer of God's people. He goes to Egypt, he stands in Pharaoh's court and says to him those famous words, let my people, he says, let my people go. Ultimately, you know the story, God sends 10, 10 plagues, fires, bugs, frogs, for all you ladies who don't like reptiles, he ultimately ends up at the Red Sea at the brink of the ocean and God does one of the greatest miracles the Bible ever records and it's the parting of the Red Sea. And with their very own eyes, I don't know if you can imagine this, it's one thing to see a back healed in a service, right? It's a whole nother thing to see billions of gallons of water lifted up on either side and seeing people walk on dry land into the promised land or ultimately into the wilderness. Amen? An amazing miracle. But right after God does this great miracle in their lives, you find the children of Israel, this common denominator over and over again in this issue with their tongue. God would send 
manna. He would send quail. He would send water out of a rock. He would, hit a ro- he would have Moses hit a rock and water would come forth. But yet over and over again, despite on how many miracles God did in these people's lives, they could not get control of their tongue. And for 40 years, the children of Israel walked around in the wilderness when it should have taken them 11 days. The Bible records if they would have took the right direction, if they, if they would have had a, a compass they would have ended up in their destination, the promised land, in 11 days. But because they couldn't get control of their tongue, because they complained about what God didn't do and wasn't doing, and they focused on the problem versus the problem solver, they ended up walking around in the wilderness for 40 years. And two people end up in the promised land. Amen? And so I want to suggest to you that today that... um, our end destination, our tongue contributes greatly to our destiny and our purpose because we are created in the likeness of God. How did God create the earth? Let there be. He spoke it into existence. God declared the earth into existence and we're made in his likeness and in his image. That's why we try to create atmosphere where heaven begins to move because if we just stand here and wait on God to move, we're gonna be waiting for a long time, honey. But when you begin to speak and say what God says, God backs up his word, amen? So your tongue contributes greatly to the quality of life that you are now experiencing. Can I suggest to you that some of the things that you're experiencing in life right now, right here, right now, the issues that you have, either your tongue is greatly contributing to its staying or or you're holding back your tongue from speaking the right things to exterminate it, amen? So your, your tongue can be used for either good or bad. Amen? I'll say that a whole lot. I just do that to make sure you guys stay awake and are staying with me. And so I wonder to myself if their constant negativity had anything to do with the length of time that they spent in the wilderness. And I, and I, and I often wonder if we stay in the stuff that we're in for long periods of time because of the way that we use our tongue. I wonder if we're experiencing the things that we're experiencing in our marriage Oh, come on, you guys, are don't look down. I wonder if it's greatly contributed to the way that we use our tongue. Now, most of us has heard this old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt or do not hurt me. That person who came up with that should be tarred and feather, first of all, because words do hurt. Some of the people, some people in this room right now, and I know growing up as a child, there's so many different things I had to work through because of the words that I heard spoken in my own life. And there are things that you guys have had to walk through as a result of a dad, a parent, an aunt, or an uncle, or a person that was allowed in your life for whatever reason who spoke some negative things that you've had to emotionally work through, amen? So words do hurt. It can hurt a marriage. It can destroy a friendship. It can damage a child. Oh, come on, talk to me. It can cause someone to lose a job. It can discourage someone. It can keep someone sick. It can stifle a destiny. There's a secular person that I just recently read a quote from, and here's what she said. A non-believer, she says this, words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use them constructively with words of encouragement or destructively using words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, or to hinder and hurt, harm and humiliate. 
Her name was Johanda Berg. I wanna minister from the subject this morning. It's entitled, Confront Your Confession. I want you to look at somebody right now. I want you to say, confront your confession. Now I know that most of us as Christians in our religious minds were identified by the fish logo on our car or were labeled a Christian or were called a Christian because we had that beautifully placed golden or silver cross around our neck. Me, I think that's a cop-out. For me, I think to myself, if someone cannot tell you're a Christian by your conversation and your conduct, if they cannot tell by the way that you talk and confess, come on, the Bible says that we are people of what? Faith. So if my mouth is not lining up with my belief system, then I question oftentimes what people really believe or what I believe, amen? Because what we say oftentimes determines what we believe. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says this. I want you to go there with me if you can, if you have your Bibles. If not, it will be up on the screen. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. I love what the Message Bible says. It won't be up on the screen. Here's what it says. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. Point number one, choose your words wisely. Choose your words wisely. Again, I mentioned this just a few minutes ago, how God made us in his image and in his likeness. And then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. So how did God create the earth? By speaking. And you often create your realities by the way that you speak. So you can destroy your life or build it simply by your confessions. I'm not talking about confessions, meaning going up to a wooden wall and pulling open the, this door to confess to a, um, a priest, so to speak. I'm talking about the way that you use your mouth in your everyday language, the way that you use your tongue in your relationships. How do you speak about your finances? Are you constantly speaking death over your finances? Oh, God's never gonna come through for me. Oh, come on, you guys don't wanna be practical with me this morning? Are you guys, uh, you guys always speak positive? I'm, pre I'm telling you this morning, I'm preaching to myself because God has been convicting me personally about the way that I use my tongue. I can sit here and confess, God, where are all the people at, Lord? We're almost eight months in now, Lord. Where are all the people? Or I can say, Lord, I'm just gonna put my eyes on you and trust that you send them and just do what you require me to do and leave all the consequences to you. I do the obeying, God does the building, amen? So we have to confess positively if we're going to see what God says we can have. You know, I thought to myself, what if God spoke of the earth over the earth negatively? God, we think we have problems now? I wonder if he would have spoke negatively. Just, he spoke positively and Adam and Eve still fell victim to disobedience. And so what, what, what the Holy Spirit's been sharing with me is that you, we see how the world is and all the negativity going on. The last thing that we need to do is help the enemy and inspire the enemy's tactics in our life by, by speaking death, amen? And by adding to the problem and by compounding the problem by speaking negatively. Have you ever seen people who are always sick, as I mentioned before? Oftentimes, I believe that they keep themselves in the sickness because that's all they do is confess about the problem. I believe in saying, okay, here's my issue. I'm battling with this. I have cancer. I have this or that. But then following that should be but. But God. Amen? But God can heal me. 
but God will heal me, but God is about to heal me. What does his word say? Amen? Have you ever been around people who are always struggling in their finances? And all they ever do, again, is they're confessing the, negative, the negativity about their finances. I know you guys are gonna think I'm weird, but I'm gonna be transparent right now. The other day, I was tempted to do so, but you know what I did? The Holy Spirit said, pull out your checkbook, and I want you to begin to prophesy to it. So what I did is I pulled my checkbook out and I started prophesying over that thing. What do I mean by prophesy? Prophecy simply means to declare God's word boldly. So I begin to talk to my checkbook. Some of you need to just pull out your debit card and talk to it every once in a while. Amen. And speak positivity over it and speak financial blessing over your lives. Amen. Some of us close doors that God wants to open and we open them, open doors, some doors that God wants to close simply by our negative words. How about the person who is always complaining about my life is always negative or this never works out in my behalf or when am I gonna get a break or I'll never into my purpose and into my destiny. Sounding like Eeyore. How many know who Eeyore is? Nobody loves me. Nothing ever goes well. Oftentimes, the quality of our life is based on how we speak there's a, there's a quote that I recently wrote, actually Friday, I think I was sitting down and I came up with this quote, I hope you like it. It says, words used wisely can move mountains. Used unwisely, it can create them. I'm gonna say that again. Words used wisely can move mountains, but used unwisely, it can create them. I love this scripture in Luke. It says this, Luke uh, chapter six, verse 40, 45, it says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You, sure, you certainly can get to know a person really quickly. Uh, I, am, I, I meet with people all the time. And, and I try to make it my aim to be quiet at least for the first 10 minutes, maybe just ask one or two questions. Then you just let people speak because you can get to know what's in someone's heart and in their mind pretty quickly by just letting them talk. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And although the children of Israel were out of Egypt, they weren't out mentally. They were stuck in Egypt mentally. Physically, they were delivered, but mentally they were still bound. They were, and Egypt represents the world or the world's thinking. And there's many things that God has delivered you from in your life, but because you won't stop confessing about the negativity of the past, because your past seems more real than, the, than your present. And sometimes we stay bound in our situations because we haven't got set free here. Amen? Do you know that when people, there are people who, we, we know that pills are a, a major issue in today's society, prescription medication, those prescribed and unprescribed. Do you know the, because of they, they, they take these certain uh, pills or prescriptions, it, 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 it triggers the body and it sends signals saying that they're still in pain. Even when they've taken it and the doctor prescribes to get them off of them, their body's still saying they're ripped, they're, they're, they're um, they're in pain still. I know someone right now who, who's still taking this type of medication and they're completely free, but they say they have to keep taking them because their body is still sending signals telling them they're still in pain. And so that's what happens sometimes with our tongue and because we're not free here. We have to get free here if we're gonna be free out here, amen? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within. And if the Lord is within, he should work that without, amen? 
And so what you think ultimately manifests on the outside when what's inside should be believing for the best for your family, believing for health, believing for prosperity, believing for wholeness, believing for peace, and that should ultimately manifest its way on the outside. Amen? How many in here have children? Recently, um, Cohen, oh, I'm gonna tell on him, where is he? Uh Uh-oh, he's in here. Maybe I shouldn't. So recently, um, I have... um, he was in his room doing his homework and we kind of let him sit in his room, finish his homework, then we'll watch a movie or a TV show or something of that nature. And because he just wasn't in the mood to do the homework, he all of a sudden didn't know how to do the homework. Oh, you've never had that problem? I remember I was a pr- pretty problematic child. I would just played dumb with my mom, but knew how to do the homework. At any rate, he threw a big tantrum. He was, I mean, he was giving me a really hard time. He, you know, he cried. He was really upset. Daddy, I don't know how to do the work. He stomped his feet. It was about an hour of this tantrum. Made me want to put my head through a wall. And I said, son, if you just calm down and just read the directions slowly, you'll understand how to do the work. And all of a sudden, after he finally calmed down, he got tired of this tantrum and just took a deep breath. And he looks at the homework and he's like, oh, this is really easy. And he did the homework within about five minutes. So the way that we think often in our mind, we experience. So often it's in our mind, not in our reality. And so oftentimes it's a matter of shifting our way of thinking. The Bible says it like this, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to look at somebody and say, renew your mind. If you renew your mind, you'll change the trajectory of your life. If you renew your mind, you will change your situation. I don't want to say overnight, But little by little, what you think, when you begin to think positively, you begin to confess positively, it will ultimately manifest in your life. Amen? You know, it's difficult to speak positively these days. It's because we have all this stuff on the news that we see. We see all these problems that are going on in our government. Everything, what's happening, you know, in the presidency. We got all these reasons to confess this negativity. Yeah, I've often said to the Lord, and I've stopped saying this now, but for many years, I was like, Lord, what are you going to do with your church? There is no hope for the church. Because when you look at it in the natural, you think there's little, little hope. Amen? So it's hard to speak positively when we see so many negative things. And this is why it's so critical. When I mentioned the Bible earlier, and when we read the Word of God, it inspires us. The Word says that uh, hear, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So when I'm going to sleep at night... I have my earphones in and I'm playing the word of God constantly, audio. So when I wake up, I'm waking up in a good mood. I'm thinking positive. I'm thinking, this is my best day yet. This is my day for a miracle. I'm gonna have a great day with my wife. I'm constantly confessing things that are positive because I'm constantly putting things that are positive in my spirit, man, amen? And there are times we're gonna fail. But ultimately, we should speak positive. Amen? How many are going to have a change of of talking this week? Okay, let's go to Romans. I want you to go to Romans. Romans 4.16. It says this. There's only a small portion of this scripture at the very end that I I want to touch on. Um, So just forgive me. I'm going to be a little bit laborious. It says this. Therefore, Romans 4.16-17. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of, faith, who are of the faith of Abraham. That means me and you. 
Who is the father of us all? As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, saying that he was a man of faith. Now watch this. He who gives life to the dead and what? Calls those things. I want you to read that out loud with me. One, two, three. Who calls those things which be not as though they, as though they did. So as people of faith, when you look at your situation, you look at the difficulties that you're facing in your relationship or your marriage or your finances or whatever issues that you're facing right now, that thing that just popped up in your head that you know that you're dealing with, the last thing you should be doing is speaking negativity about it because you're a child of God. And listen, we know that the Bible's, uh, it, 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 the, the abbreviate, what is it called? The acronym, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Whenever you operate in a way that you have not been designed for, you malfunction. So when we don't, when we, we were built to be children of faith, we were built to be children of God. We were built to speak situations into existence and they manifest because we were made in God's image. Amen? And so if you see something in your life right now that doesn't line up with the word of God, you speak to that thing. The Bible says you're to call those things that be not as though they, that means talk to it like it's already that. Amen? I felt real conviction this week about the way that I use my tongue. Now, I know this is not like a, um, an edifying um, sermon. I told you it'd be very, very difficult because it is, is more of a correcting for me and for you the way that we use our tongues. But if we are going to see God's promises come to pass in our lives, we must get control of our tongues. Amen? I love, I love this scripture. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture today. It says this. You don't have to, you don't have to read it or go there. It may be up on the screen. Um, and and, and the, the, point, the point is, point number three, it says, speak. Everybody say speak. Speak what you want to see. Don't speak about necessarily what you see. Speak what you want to see. In Hebrews, it says this. I just quoted it a second ago. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means you don't see it yet. But the reality is, is just because it's not there doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Watch this. For, for by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the world's, the world was framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That means the whole world was created by things that were unspoken and your world can be created by the things that you have not spoken yet. Amen. So God, God is, uh, I sat with Reinhard Bunke one time. How many know who Reinhard Bunke is? I was having dinner with him. If you don't know him, um, I'm gonna pray for you. He's an amazing man of God. He's one of my very favorites. Um, he's like a Billy Graham, but he was from, um, he wasn't from Africa. He's actually from uh, Germany, but most of his work was done in Africa. And he has spoken to people uh, for the past 15 years in, in access meetings of over 1 million people. And I was sitting with him having one dinner one time. Did I tell you this before? Okay, I'm sitting down with Reinhard Bunke, one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived. And I, you, know, you feel about this big and everything he's saying, I'm leaning forward. And he says this to me. He says, why aren't you in full-time ministry with this big German deep accent? And I said the stupidest thing you could ever say to an evangelist of that caliber. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it back now. I said this, I'm waiting on the Lord. Now that sounds real humble. This German leans over and he says this, God waits on you. <laughs> and I shook in my chair. 
And you know, when you have a man who, who's preached, I think, uh, recorded decisions, there's over 77 million with an M. 77 million recorded decisions card, decision cards for Christ, um, for C- CFAN. He's no longer the... Um, He's the founder, but uh, his successor, Daniel Kalinda, has now taken over. But, and that's exactly the way that I feel about our situation. We're sitting here waiting on God to change our situations when God is waiting for you to stand up as a woman of God or a man of God and change it, to be the change angel. Because if God's gonna do something in your life, he's gonna change something in your life, guess who he's gonna do it through? I want you to look at somebody and say, he's gonna do it through you. He's gonna do it through you. Now, I believe that God works miracles. He manifests miracles. He does healings and signs and wonders. But what if we don't step out in faith for God to partner with us? We are partners with God. And so if you're gonna see something change in your life, you're gonna see something manifest in your life, he often will do it through you and he often uses the tongue. Amen? All right. Amen. I'm just thinking about, I, I, just, I just feel, even at the end of this service, I, I feel that we should just declare over our situation. So I want you to keep in your mind what, I want you to get that picture in your mind of what you're facing and what you're going through. I want you to begin to speak life to that thing. No matter if it's relational, if it's financial, if it's something in your life, if you feel that you're in a pattern or this vicious cycle where you just keep hitting a wall, I want you to begin to speak to that thing. If you're experiencing health in your uh, health issues, I want you to begin to speak to it, Amen. If you're, if you're having a difficulty with a spouse, spouse, I don't want you to say what that spouse is doing wrong. I want you to speak who God would say that person is. Amen? My, I've been dealing, as I said, I've been dealing with difficulties with my son. Lately, I've been getting, even out in the parking lot this morning, I, can't, I had him come up and I just begin to prophesy and begin to speak life over him. Because too oftentimes we point at the problem when we should be pointing at who God wants them to be. Or instead of looking at the problem or the overall issue, we should be commanding that thing to line up with the word of God. Amen. If you have a habit, if you have a habit, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's pharmaceutical or if it's nicotine, I want you to begin to speak to that habit as a child of God. You may not realize this, but you have the authority to speak to that thing. Amen. Go to Mark. I want you to see this with me. Mark 11 Verse 23 through 24, I'm gonna begin reading this. Watch this. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have what? Whatever God says? Does it say, what does it say? Does it say whatever God says? It says whatever he or she says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. I want you to notice something with me as I'm about to close in a few minutes. Notice that Jesus, right? He didn't ask the mountain to move. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Notice that Jesus said, speak to the mountain, not talk about it. And too often times we look at our problems and we talk about them when we should be speaking to them. And God is calling us as a church, as a people, as a husband, as a wife, as someone who goes to school to stop looking at your problems and stop talking about the problem and start speaking to the problem. Because he didn't promise that if you talk about the problem, the problem would move. If I complain about it enough to my spouse or if I call enough people and complain about it, my situation's gonna change. Listen, honey, 
No matter how many times you talk about your problem, the problem will not change. But when you begin to speak to the problem and rise up as a man or a woman of God and speak to that thing, that thing will begin to change. Amen. And that's what God is waiting for. He's waiting for us to become the change agents that he's called us to be so that we could what see what heaven on earth, come on, so his kingdom can come on as it is in heaven. Amen. Point number four, declare the word of God, not your feelings. Oh, I know this is hard, especially for women. It's hard for me, so I know it's hard for you women. My hat's off to you women. This is the most critical point that I can make today. If you forget all the other three points, I don't want you to forget this one. I want you to say, declare the word. Come on, declare the word, not your feelings. The Bible says that the, word of God, the world was formed by God's word. Amen, we've, we've established that. So if we want the supernatural results in our lives, then we must start declaring the word of God in our situation, not the problem. Amen? You know what I began to think about as I was, um, I was meditating, I was kind of walking around here. Normally on Sunday mornings, I just kind of pace back and forth, kind of like what you see during service, just praying over the sanctuary. And I felt the Lord drop a scripture in my heart. Me and Matt have an ongoing joke. That's why I'm looking at Matt. There was one time I said, the Lord dropped this scripture in my word when I was up in front of everyone. And so they still pick on me, something like that. And there's this scripture that really dropped in my heart. And it's, it's, found, in, it's found in Ezekiel 37. I'm gonna read it. This is the very last scripture. I know I've gone through a lot of scripture. This is the last one, I promise. And here's what it says. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Here's what it says. The hand of the Lord came upon me. It's not gonna be up on the screen, by the way. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. So they were dry bones. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? In other words, what do they look like to you? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. In other words, speak boldly to these dry bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring forth flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and I was, as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy breath into them. See the progressiveness in that? He said, I want you to prophesy the skin on it first. In other words, it's not looking exactly the way that you look. So when you get a little, when you hit a mile marker, I want you to keep prophesying to it. So your marriage may not be where it is, but you get to prophesy and you begin to see maybe you get to through one hurdle. He's going through hurdles. You see this progressiveness here? And so he's saying, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. So I prophesied and he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet and an exceeding great army came forth. Now watch this. If we're truly going to see what God has for us, we have to start aligning our tongue with heaven's command. 
Amen? Does everybody hear that? Because God desires his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And get this, your life too. Not just his will be done on earth. How can it be done on, on the earth if it's not manifesting in your family? If it's not manifesting in your life privately? Amen. He wants his kingdom to come and manifest through you. At your job, in your marriage, in your health, in your church, in your life. Until it looks like what God says it should look like. Come on, stand to your feet. So this week, I want to make a covenant with my tongue, and I want you to make a covenant with your tongue. Listen, guys, the Bible says that when somebody confesses the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, we are born again. We're born again. So if we are born again, that means we should inherit a new language. But too oftentimes, although we might be born again and we might wear a necklace on our neck or put a little logo on our car, a little fish logo, that doesn't mean that we speak like a believer. Amen? And God is calling us like, like uh, what was it, Isaiah, to allow him to cleanse our lips and change our speaking. Amen? And if we change our minds and we align it with God, we will begin to change our speech. Amen? Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.